Hey, book friends, this is Corey. Thanks for listening along as Curie and I have a book club for two over a cup of tea. In each episode, we will share highlights from our recent reading adventures. We want to share the hits and misses along with why they worked or didn't work for us. We know life is busy and everyone's TBR list is too long, especially with an ever-growing list of books to choose from. We're hoping to simplify one little thing in your busy life by doing the heavy lifting and giving you suggestions for your next book adventure. If you like our podcasts, don't forget to give us some love and support. Things you could do include recommending us to your reading friends. You could subscribe to the show or rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It only takes a couple of minutes, but it will help us grow our audience and make it easier for listeners like you to find us. All right, let's get started. Welcome to season number episode one. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. We are, as we foreshadowed at our last recording, going back to the drawing board. We're not really going back to the drawing board. We're going back to where it all started. We're going back to where it all started. We are throwing the baby out with the (laughs) bathwater and we are trying a new format. So we're excited to hear from you what you think of the new format and things that you would like from us. Uh, We also have kittens who are... Yeah, they are getting a little rascally now. <laughs> They're in their teenage years. Well, we started free-ranging them, and so they've broken two plates, um, oh. a soap dish, and a creamer. While you've been out? Um, or just not monitoring, like at night or when we've been oh, out, God, yes. I would probably pee my pants if somebody broke something while I was sleeping. <sighs> well, you know, I didn't fully wake up. Like, I, I kind of, like, heard it, and then I realized Robert wasn't in bed with me and I could hear like the sound of like broken pottery like rubbing together and I was like welp they broke something (laughs) and I was like well cats what can you do yeah they do what they want it's like that uh gif that's like there's a cat sitting on a like a bookcase and Mm -hmm. people keep putting stuff in it and Mm -hmm. the gif says like f this f that f this (laughs) f that that's what they do but they're so darn cute and sweet most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. And I've been throwing pictures of them on our Instagram feed because I'm know, like, kittens. I, I mean, kittens and books. What more could you want out of life? Teas. Tea. Speaking of tea. Chocolate. Chocolate. Wow. I can't eat chocolate. That's a great segue, though. <laughs> <laughs> so because it's bloody hot, although we had our first monsoon rain I today. Know, it was so glorious. I was like, oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So here's what happens to us, our whiny butts, is we reach this fever pitch of like... 85. 85, but it feels really hot and muggy, relatively speaking. And we're like, would it rain already? And then the clouds start rolling in for a few days, and it thunders and maybe spits at us a little bit, but it does nothing. Yeah, it's a tease. It's a tease. And then today I'm like working, and I'm like... (laughs) I'm like, it's raining. detective note has uh, <laughs> detected that it's raining outside well you know like that smell of wet yeah. pavement it felt it smelled like that the other day too it and did it didn't. i know i walked out the other day and i was like it smells like it's gonna rain today didn't no yeah but um yeah so that's exciting that's yep. that's all i've got but oh so since it's hot i had a reason for talking about this i made iced tea today mm-hmm. and um i made uh, this is from Potions Tea and Bakery, which used formerly known as Flagstaff Tea Company. Um, hi, Heather. And so this was one of the sample teas I got, and it's a root beer rooibos chai. Mm. 
and it eerily really tastes like root beer. Yeah. Like, it is spot on for root beer. Yeah, it's 100% delicious. Like, I wonder how it would be, like, I'm, I'm actually not a big root beer float fan, but I'm like, I wonder mm. how this would be with, like, a little dink of a vanilla ice cream. Mm. That sounds <laughs> lovely. <laughs> And then, because I worked all day, I didn't have time to make any sweet treats, and I guess it doesn't matter, because apparently Carrie started Whole30 today, <laughs> but I stole two of my, um, the bookstore's manager's birthday cupcakes. Hi, Amy. Stealer. I know. She, well, she brought, them, she brought them in. They're really good. They're like... They got glitter in them. The, yeah, the chocolate frosting is shiny, and then there's a little bit of, like, raspberry jam in the middle of them. Ooh. And then they're, like, chocolate cupcakes with chocolate. Yummy. And I was like, curses, Curie, now there's two cupcakes in our house that have to be eaten instead of... Because my plan was, I had one this morning for breakfast. Of course. Of course. Chocolate breakfast <laughs> of champions. And there was two left, so I grabbed them. And I was like, sweet, that'll make a great picture. Curie can eat one. Robert can eat one. We'll be done. <laughs> now there's an effing cupcake left. <laughs> Thanks, Curie. I ate like a half a bag of cherries today with dinner. Mm. They're like spot on tonight. Oh, like this week, I've gotten I've gone through three bags of cherries. I have some cherries, and then I picked up a couple of little peaches and apricots mm. at the farmer's market this morning. Nice. So I'm looking forward to those. Fresh fruit. It's nature's, nature's candy. candy. Jinx. <laughs> Pinch poke you me and root beer rooibos. Done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So shall we start with our new format. format that is kind of a... Just, you know, we're just going we're gonna for it. We're going to have a conversation. We're going to have a... going to be scripted. No, we're going to wing it, so it might be awkward. We might go... It's not going to be awkward. We got good chemistry. We do. And some good books to talk about. Because guess what? Kiri read two books. Which means... She's, I have books to talk about. Which means... I might have my juju back. She might have her juju back. I doubt it. You still have to pick me out some books. I got, I got a stack over here for okay, us to perfect. discuss afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I am Corey like your book sensei. book matchmaker. If you're ever in a book reading rut, you go and talk to Corey at Brightside or on Instagram or on mm -hmm. Facebook. And she will give you some crazy books that you will love. I, yeah, we'll just kind of magic it. Yeah. So do we want to like maybe go back and forth? Sure. Okay. Well, you've read one of mine, right? I, I have. So, okay. So we could start, I guess we could start there. Sure. All right. Let's do it. So right. what's the first one you want to talk about? So the book that I just finished this afternoon is called Lovely War by Julie Berry. And this book is mythical magical. It's YA. Yep. Mm -hmm. Is it YA? It is YA. Oh, I guess because they're like 18, right? Right. Yeah. But I, I feel mean, like... I feel like with World War One, it's kind of not YA, but... Yeah. So it's, it's, it takes place in World War One, Which is a nice change from World War Two. Yeah. That, that sounds really odd. I, I want to... Can I take that back? It's... it's it, I mean, I feel like the World War Two market is quite saturated. Yeah. And I've, I've asked about that and people have speculated, which makes sense to me. You know, we're we're getting to the point that sadly a lot of uh, the survivors of World War II and of yeah. that generation are passing on, and right. so I think that's why we're getting all these books and both fiction and nonfiction because yeah. they're trying to capture this mm -hmm. generation before they're off yeah. wherever they go after they pass on. So the book follows Hazel, James, Aubrey, and Colette. Such interesting characters. They I were know. The, they they were also four like different they were all different yeah and they the author has added a um, mythological theme because we have Ares, Aphrodite, 
Um, and uh, Hephaestus. Hephaestus and somebody else, right? There's another A. Oh, um, uh, Apollo. Apollo. How could you forget Apollo? (laughs) (laughs) And so Aphrodite is kind of really the storyteller because this book is about love and Aphrodite is the goddess of beauty and love and all the pretty things. Well, she also just got busted by her hubby. Yeah, because she was cheating on him with Ares. Ares. Yes. The god of war. Yeah. So love and war. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And uh, it goes... Um, I don't know. I think, I mean, there's a lot of side stories. I mean, mostly it it revolves around Hazel and James and Aubrey and Colette and how Mm -hmm. those people come together and essentially become Mm -hmm. their own little World War One family with the trials and tribulations that happen. And there's love. Yeah. There's a lot of love. There's a lot of uh, racism because World yeah. War One is happening. And so there's like the black army, which is segregated from the white army. Which we should point out. So it's Aubrey, right? Yeah. He, he is a he's an amazing musician who got drafted into the war. Mm-hmm. And um, and he's black. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he he's falls from, in love with Colette, who's this Belgian woman. Who's not black. Who's not black. So <laughs> yeah, there's, so, you know. There's lots of problems with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this it's. What does it say? It's filled with hope and heartbreak, prejudice and passion. And I yeah. think that it's pretty true. Mm-hmm. And I was finishing this book up, and it was right when Hazel and James are about to meet. Oh. And something, like, really bad, bad happens. happens. Yeah. And I look at Chris, who's my partner, and I go, if she fucking kills this woman, I'm <laughs> going to be pissed <laughs> because I had become so emotionally wrapped wow. up in Hazel that I was okay. like, she is not allowed to die. Okay. Okay. So are I you... gave it four stars. I saw that actually. I, I, do, I wasn't meaning to stalk you on Goodreads, oh, but you I was like, I was like, thank the Lord. She <laughs> likes the book. <laughs> no, it was really good. It was um, a fast read. Well, and I have to tell you, when um, I showed Curie the book, she literally was like, yes, please, just looking at the cover. Yeah. Which, you know, it is it is its beautiful cover. It has, like, this, you know, 19, 19 teens, I guess, a young woman in a beautiful pink coat. And there's a hand with um, the Eiffel Tower. And, and then James, perhaps. Oh, in yeah. The, mm-hmm. um, we're going to take a picture really quick. <laughs> Uh, Juniper has decided she's going to hang out with us um, next to the microphone. This is what she does. Yes, this is what she does. Um, yeah, you know, I thought it was a fun book. I think I, I, I liked the creativity in that it took the kind of quintessential historical war fiction and then it added that mythical element and so it just made it a little smarter because there was funny little asides and it would kind of bounce back and forth between the gods who were kind of hashing out uh their love drama their their drama and you know and and then you have aphrodite who's telling the story of these four young people as kind of her, her way of trying to explain why she does the things that she right. does. And Apollo interjects during the war times. Yeah. And, and he's like, yeah, war. Yeah. He's, he reminds me of a dude bro. Total dude bro. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, and so this is actually when they when they get busted, it's 
on the eve of World War II. So it's like late 1930s. And then it's going back in time to that. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's super fun. I I feel, you know, I'm kind of sad because I'm not sure. I've, like, put the book out prominently in several different places in the bookstore, and I have one of my staff pick bookmarks in it. And I don't know that we've sold any copies of it. Oh, interesting. Well, people should buy it because it's good. It is really good. And it doesn't feel like young adult. No. I didn't Mm -hmm. even realize that it was young adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean... These 18-year-old kids are going off to war, and I feel like you kind of lose your young adultishness <laughs> after that. But. Right. All right, do you want to pick a book next? So Kiri rated it four stars. What did you rate it, Corey? I think I gave it four stars as well. We're on sync. Hey. Now hey. I've not read any of the books Corey's about to mention, but that's okay. Um, hmm. Let's go with... I guess I'll... You know what? I'll, I'll focus on the two books that I've most recently wrapped up. I have like a kind of a longish list. I'm struggling because the books I've really been excited about are not any of the books that I've most recently finished. (laughs) So that's why I like made two different lists. So maybe, um, but, but I'm going to still go with a recent release. So, uh, recursion by Blake Crouch. I literally finished that last night. And, um, Some people may know him for the Wayward Pine series. It's a series of books, and then it was made into a a, like a movie series or TV series. And he's kind of a sci-fi. He's like a sci-fi writer for non-sci-fi reading people, is how I would describe him. And I'm not alone in that. Like, especially with Recursion, just came out like maybe two weeks ago, and a lot of the other book bloggers that I follow have kind of said, "I don't normally read sci-fi, but mm. I really like Blake Crouch." So, here's my thing: I liked the book. I didn't love it. Um. And I think it's because I really loved Dark Matter, which came out a couple years mm-hmm. ago, which was another kind of sci-fi book for people that aren't sci-fi folks. And I felt like Recursion was almost a re- reboot of, um, of or was kind of a reboot of it. Like it had a different premise, but it was about time travel. <laughs> It was about someone trying to get, you know, he does this really interesting thing where he tries to get back, uh, you know, he's trying, where he has a main protagonist who's trying to get back to their the love of their life, which is cool, was really a, like a cool theme in Dark Matter, but he kind of repeats that again here. So there's a love story, which I don't mind, but it felt like kind of the same kind of like star-crossed lovers themes. Like they kept getting reunited where the other one, he was trying to find his love, um, I would sometimes get a little bogged down in the physics of the time travel crap that they were mm-hmm. in memory that they were trying to figure out. Basically what was happening with this is people were starting to have what they were calling false mem- memory syndrome. And so people would all of a sudden have, have this moment where their brain would suddenly be filled with uh, memories of a different life, mm. but they'd also have, be tracking with whatever their memories of were of their current life. This sounds a lot like, um, what is the series that we read? Uh, young adult time traveling. Ooh, uh, it's like book of four. I'm drawing a blank with the girl, and she has that necklace. Oh, right, times right. Convert, yeah, times convert or whatever. Yeah. yeah, okay. So yeah, so I, I don't know. It didn't. It. I mean, I finished it. I liked it. I could recommend it, but I wasn't like, oh my god, it just didn't feel as fresh. Mm. I think. I think that was what it was for me. I, and you know, it was it was smart. It was well written. 
again, I think I could put it in the hands of someone who's like, oh, I don't do sci-fi. And I'd be like, this is sci-fi that you could read. But I honestly, I would probably recommend recommend Dark Matter before I would Recursion. Mm. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that, that, so that's one that I just finished up, and it's been getting a lot of buzz, so I did want to kind of just give my take on it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's a great writer, but I just felt like this was too, in some ways too similar, mm. which I, I guess I'm going to keep talking, because I had the same experience with uh, Island of the Sea Women by Lisa C., which came out this spring and, again, has gotten a lot of buzz. And we read... It's because it's Lisa C. She gets a lot of buzz all the time. Right. And she's a great writer. Like, I really appreciate what she has done for uh, historical fiction around Asian culture. Mm-hmm. Um, for, I, You know, at, at the risk of sounding really, I don't know... I feel like I learn a lot about, you know, we don't talk about Asian history very much. Right. And I know it's historical fiction. It's not 100% accurate. But I think she does a lot of really detailed and meticulous research. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate that. And I feel like I always walk away from her books learning about culture and history of, a, of you know, of some people that I don't know very well. Mm-hmm. I still felt that way with this one because it's set with Korean history, which I don't know a whole lot about. It kind of um, is a nice companion to Pachinko because it does touch on some of the same type of history but from a different perspective but what it really follows is and this is based again on true events uh this island where the women were it was kind of a almost a more of a matriarchal society and the women were deep sea divers Hmm. like kind of like free divers so they uh dove in really cold water and held their breath for much longer than um people typically could do and they were they were kind of the breadwinners if you will for their families um in the meantime world war ii is happening they're also under japanese colonialism and then american colonialism and uh the splitting of north and south korea and all of that stuff that we kind of know a little bit about but not really much um so again i learned a lot and but where i got a little frustrated and i'm sorry lisa c because you're a lovely writer keep going is i felt like it was a korean version of snowflower and the secret fan Mm. from the character standpoint you know you had two best friends who grew up together Mm -hmm. and then they grew apart and then they came back together and then they grew apart and there was all this conflict and blah 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 blah. and i was just kind of like i feel like you've done this before several times where you have two and I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being a little too harsh, but but I think that's an accurate statement. I mean, people write genres, right? And a lot of the times, with new books, they kind of still take pieces from their old books. Mm-hmm. Like that's just their style. That's the sure. story that they want to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Lisa Lee, Lisa C does that. And I also think. Um, Diana Gabaldon does that because she has, uh, like, the Outlander uh-huh, series. Uh-huh. She has the Lord John Gray series. Well, she's she has another like, series? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. She has, like, this other series, and mm-hmm. it's all based kind of around the same characters, the same history, the same development, but a little bit more focused on, like, Lord John Gray, which you hear a little bit about in Outlander, but, mm-hmm. like, this series is specifically for him. Yeah. But it ties back together with Outlander, and it's... Gotcha. It's a lot of research on Scottish Highlands and the clans mm-hmm, and Culloden mm-hmm. and things yeah. like that. So I think that some authors are just not, I think they have like a, what is it? Do you remember the IPPC growing up in 
high school, the introduction, paragraph, paragraph, paragraph. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I think they kind of have something similar. Of, yeah. Like, their story themes of, like, girls, friends, enemies, makeup, drama. Yeah. Breakup. Well, and on one hand, I'm like, well, it it, it is a structure that works, right? And it is still new material, but for whatever reason, maybe because maybe I'm just getting a little harsher because I have so many things to options of things to read. And Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like, I wish you could have come up, you know, that the, but at the same time, I mean, maybe that's not fair. I mean, there is so many books out there that are about friendship between women and Mm -hmm. growing up together. and, And maybe it's because, Hers are always tied to Asian culture that it felt repetitive. I don't know. Um, But, you know, the story certainly had its own uniqueness. Like, if anyone's going, ooh, I don't know if I want to read this. Again, I would say, yeah, read it. But just be aware, like, especially if you've read most of Lisa C.'s catalog, the the story arc itself, the characters might seem a little like, okay, yes, I've been here with you before on Mm -hmm. this type of thing. I don't know. Maybe it's because I read Snowflower and the Secret Fan fairly recently with you. Yeah. Uh, maybe if I hadn't reread that, right, it may have not brought up those same kind of evoked those same feelings too. Because that was one of her first books. So again, in her defense, it's not like that was her most recent book, and she's just right. rebooting it again. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. Oh, so, um. But uh, you know, again, I think if you read Pachinko and you loved Pachinko, this is a great read. Um, or if you're looking to just kind of expand your knowledge of uh, in a in a light way mm-hmm. <laughs> of Korean history, um, I definitely learned a few things reading it. Cool. So yeah. All right, you're up. Second book. Yeah. All right. So this next book is also young adult and indie. Indie bright. It's an indie seller, and this is called The Beholder by Anna Bright. And you haven't read this one, right? I haven't. I've been sitting on it and wanting to read it, so I'm really excited to hear your reaction to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it kind of felt like a little Game of Throny. Okay. Okay. Um, Sila, I think that's how you say her name, is um, the sensual, sensual, sensual. Sure. I don't know how you say that word. I don't either. Senish- we'll go with sensual. Sensual of. Potomac. No, Potomac. Potomac. Like the Potomac River in in Virginia. Oh, rainbows. But they're not in America. Well, I know, but that's, I'm I'm guessing that's how you say it. Okay. I could be wrong. Anyway, so she is like the heir to the throne of this country Mm -hmm. and her, it's basically like a wicked Snow White where she has an evil stepmom and her evil stepmom is going to send her off to try and find a suitor. Mm -hmm. And her dad is ailing. And she travels to all these different countries. London is one of them, and the other ones are, like, made-up places. So there's, like, some... There's some some elements. Okay. Yeah. I mean, she goes to... I would assume it's Scandinavia area, like Norway, Mm because she meets Nordic people. That's one of her suitors. And she basically goes through two suitors in just this book. Wow. Because she has to spend, like, three weeks with each of them, and there's six lined up. So this is probably going to be a duology. Okay. No, it has no, to be. Tr- no, trilogy. Tr- trilogy. Sorry. Okay. Um, and so she, the first guy she meets, she doesn't really like because he's lying. They've basically made up the guy. So she okay. thinks she's going to get married to this. Like, the suitor is this really old man. <laughs> and, and all honestly, the suitor is her, like, quote, unquote, security guard. Oh. Okay. And then she finds out. And she, like, totally falls in love with this boy. And then she realizes that he is, like, the actual prince. But she feels 
upset because she's like, you just lied to me for three weeks. Uh Uh-huh. So then she goes to Norway or somewhere in Scandinavia and Mm -hmm. meets a whole bunch of Viking bros. (laughs) And, uh, the, also the, like, folder that her person gave her, it was like, here, all your suitors didn't have a picture of this guy. Mm Mm-hmm. And there was a little bit of duping again. Why are they doing this? I mean, I feel real bad for this girl. Like, I wanted her to fall in love with the first guy, and then she, like, blew up, and then the second guy was, like, super meant to be, but then some crazy shit happens with her staff and, like, one Mm -hmm. of the princesses, and, like, that's not supposed to happen, and, oh, jeez. Oh, man. It was, like, a love... And then she's like, I can't feel this way about this new guy because I felt so strongly about this old guy. Oh, so she's still thinking about the other dude arena. Girl, (laughs) get it together that you don't like that dude because he duped you. This guy is being honest with you. And it kind of ended. The heart wants what the heart wants. I know. But she (laughs) wants this dude too. I don't know. It's like a very 18 year old girl going through like matchmaker and uh, it was brutal. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it was really good. I really liked it. I finished it in like two days. Nice. It was a page turner, but it was just like so much of her just getting beat up on because the only reason why she had to do this is because the guy that she was really in love with or mm-hmm. thought she was in love with said no to her when mm. she asked him to marry her. Harumph. So the evil stepmom comes <laughs> in and is pregnant and like, there's just like a whole bunch of okay. drama that happens. Um, and it sounds fun. She, yeah, I mean, it's fun and it's irritating. Yeah. And it's like a very nice romantic book of two different romances with two different people. Okay. Grades nine and up. <laughs> More YA. Yeah. Well, and I will say I snatched this one because on the description it says, uh, perfect for fans of the Selection and Caravelle series. And I was like, check. Check. I don't think I've read um, those ones. Really? Yeah. Ooh, I love Sele- Selection would be like good brain candy. You could probably pick those up at the library because they're tiny. You don't want to buy them. Um, but they, I call it, um, it's kind of like The Bachelor meets The Hunger Games without all the killing. Mm. Um, and it's, it's like this futuristic place where we've become a monarchy and it's time for the prince to wed and so all the eligible young women can enter into a lottery to enter into a competition oh jesus um to then be wooed by the prince oh man and there's like five of them and they're like candy oh they're so good (laughs) (laughs) like my british 1800s romance novels right and then caravelle is like a carnival it's like a trilogy and it's like all carnival based and it's all like it kind of has touches of the night circus but for but for ya oh okay Yeah. yeah Yeah, but I think I gave this four or five stars. Uh-huh. It'll be interesting to see. This book just came out. Like yeah. It came out on six one. So the second book, I mean, it's a cliffhanger at the end of the book. So you know that Curses. it's going to be more. I kind of hate that in some ways because I don't have the best of memories. Yeah, and so... well, of course, for Deutschland. Ugh. Oh, so there's Deutschland. So Deutschland. there's three at least. Okay. Three real places. Um. I, I don't do well sometimes with cliffhangers and series Ugh. because I just don't remember enough. I know. Well, and it's going to be, what, probably two or three years until the next book comes out? Well, anymore they come out about once a year. Well, so I, I gotta... feel like it's James Patterson, right? He probably has all of his books written, and he just probably. releases them every yep. six months or some crazy probably. shit. Yeah. yeah. I, feel, I end up having to, like, go and read, like, Wikipedia yeah. <laughs> synopsises and go, what the hell is this book about? Totally. Yeah. I just don't remember. 
My so, brain has zero capacity. I'd recommend it if you're looking for brain candy that's also annoying and heartbreaking and yeah. mythical and magical. Okay. So we got two magical YA books yep. that uh, got Kiri back onto the reading horse. Yep. So that's exciting. Yep. Um, okay. Where am I going to go next? Okay. I'm going to talk about two more books and then we can talk about what we're reading next. How about that? Okay. Okay. So I just finished, let's see here. Never Look Back by Allison Galen. And, uh, actually this, what's nice about this one is it's a new release. that literally just came out like a week ago, but they released it in both hardcover and paperbacks at the same time, at the same time. Nice. So we actually have the paperback at the bookstore. Um, so it's a, it has a true crime podcast element, which I always am a sucker for. I know, I know, I know. Even Um, though you thought cereal was fake. I know. Okay. Yes, I get it. People, (laughs) it was not fake. Um, uh, so, oh gosh. So how do I even want to describe this? Um, so basically what happened and this follows several different voices. Um, Ooh, can I go back? I want to say one more thing about recursion. Speaking of voices, this was the other thing that kind of annoyed me is that for a while it was bouncing back and forth between one of the main characters, Barry, who is a police officer and Helena, who's his love and the inventor of this time traveler thing. And at a certain point it it just became his voice. And Mm -hmm. I kind of, I think got frustrated that I never really heard from her again. Mm. That was kind of annoying. Anyways, sidebar, this follows, it has several different voices too. So it has this guy, Quentin, who is a, a true crime podcast. -er. And, um, and it has, a young woman named Robin. And then um, basically they're connected because uh, Quentin's mother's sister, so it would have been his aunt, is murdered at a gas station um, by uh, these two kids that went on, they were like high schoolers that went on kind of a bit of a killing spree a la Bonnie and Clyde. Hmm. And what, And so his mother, and so it totally devastated his family, and his mother really never recovered from that. And so he had kind of a rough upbringing. So the name of the podcast is Closure. So he's trying to seek closure and trying to kind of explore what really happened with this young woman and her boyfriend, and why did they go on this killing spree in California in the 70s. So um, in the meantime, he's gotten a tip that they think that maybe... um, that so the couple was April and Gabriel. So there's a tip that maybe April didn't die. They thought that they died um, in a fire in a um, out in the desert at like a what are the people that you know kind of cut themselves survivalists. Um, mm. So there was like a big fire at the survivalist camp, and there was all there was these different male bodies and one female body. So they assume that it's her. Mm. But then someone's like, I actually met April after. Um, after she was supposed to be dead and I was watching this interview and this woman really looks and sounds like her. So, so who happens to be the columnist Robin's mother. And so he starts digging into all of this. And so there starts, people start dying and there's all this like suspicious stuff going on. And so you have these letters from April, again, the murderer Mm -hmm. who's writing letters to her unborn child, um, 
she's well let me rephrase that she'd had an english assignment where she was supposed to write a letter to her future child and so she starts using this almost a journal and so you start hearing her voice of what really happened and how she ended up in this whole mess and what get who gabriel was to her and why she went with him and so that's like slowly piecing together and then in the present you have um you know robin who's going do I know my mother? Is it possible that she's this woman? And, you know, and gosh, we don't really know much about her past. And this is so weird. And, mm. um, and, you know, and then you have Quentin who's trying to like piece all this together. And, you know, he's kind of being that pesky podcaster and people are like, why are you getting into my lives right. and all of this? And of course, like any good mystery thriller, there's like all these twists and turns that I can't get into. But there was certainly like there was it was one of those where there was pieces where you were like, okay, I I pretty much know how this is going to turn out with character acts like they're either this person or they're not. Mm -hmm. But then there's still like some unturned stones. And so then you get into it. And even towards the end, you're just kind of like, what? Whoa. okay. Mm. And so there was definitely a few pieces where the writer did a really, I, I thought, a really good job of kind of leaving you hanging and thinking you know how it was going to turn out, and sometimes you were right, and sometimes you were not. Which it's like I, the one book that we read, the podcast book. Right, yeah, yeah kind of similar. Like, are you sleeping? Are you sleeping, yeah. yeah. Um, so I always think that's good when, because I feel like it's annoying if the if there's too many red herrings, right? Mm-hmm. So it feels good when you're like, I think this is what's going on, and you are right. And then other, maybe a few chapters later, you're like, oh, I was way off base on that. Like, mm -hmm. to me, that's a more fun read than yeah. either totally feeling like you're being whammied every single time or being super duper obvious. And like, by the time you get to the end, you're like, yeah, I could have just wrote that myself. Yeah. I knew where this was going. So I thought this had a good balance of, of a little bit of both. So, um, yeah, it was fun. And I think, you know, it's one of those, I, I ended up picking this one up to talk about because, Obviously, we follow a lot of bookstagrammers and mm -hmm. whatnot, and um, this book has not gotten, like, I've not seen it show up in anyone's feed, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a little love because no one else is talking about it. Totally. <laughs> um, okay. I said one more, didn't I? Yep. What was it going to be? Oh, so on the flip side, <laughs> City of Girls by Elizabeth Gilbert. So... Obviously, we all know who Elizabeth Gilbert is. She has gotten a ton of love. Um, most people know her for her nonfiction, like Eat, Pray, Love, mm -hmm. and um, what's the big magic? The about oh yeah, the one I made you read. Yeah, which I liked a lot. Yeah. Um, and then she has another fiction book out that I've not read, but it always sounds interesting. I can't think of the name of it right now. I have it. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, I haven't read it. Okay. It's like a flower. It has flowers on the yeah, cover. Yeah. I think it's about like a botanist or something. Yeah. In the historical fiction. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I it always picked it up yet. Okay. It always sounds interesting to me. I've just never like tipped myself into it. So city of girls, it's going to kind of fall into the, you know, this is what happens. Things get a lot of buzz and you're mm -hmm. like, Oh, this is going to be amazing. And they're on the top seller list. And you're like, Oh yeah, I liked it. I didn't love it. So I feel comfortable recommending it to people, but it's not like, you know, there's a couple of books I didn't, I'm not talking about today that I've absolutely adored. Um, and I'll probably will circle back around to a couple of those later in later recordings. Um, but I wanted to talk about this one cause I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was great. Mm. So, um, and I can't quite put my finger on it, but it's one that I was going to pass on to you. Cause I, th I want you to at least try it and yeah. see what you think of it. Um, but it's set in the 19, 
1930s. Yes, 1930s. Um, In New York City, it's kind of a coming-of-age story. You have this wealthy, naive young girl who flunks out of college, and her parents are like, we're done with you, so you're going to live with your weird aunt in New York City, who happens to run a theater company and own this gigantic, run-down, ramshackle theater. And they do kind of like vaudeville theater Hmm. for the neighbors um, in their community. It's set in Hell's Kitchen. And so she kind of gets in with all these showgirls and she starts out going out going partying and she loses her virginity, which is this really awkward, funny story. And she starts like flirting with the boys and she loves. um, So the things I did love is she's like uh, really good at um, she's essentially like a seamstress or a dressmaker. She's really good at making things and has a really good eye. So she's like playing with the costumes and stuff and always talking about what people are wearing. And um, and, you know, and it's really about kind of her fall from glory too, like she makes a really big mistake that kind of has ripple effects, but she's telling this story in the first person to, so it starts out at the very beginning and, um, she's, she's responding to, I think a letter that a woman had sent to her. And she's like, well, you want to know what your father meant to me now that both your father and your mother are dead. And so this is like 2010 or something. I don't know. It's like modern day. And she's like, and so she's like, well, I have to tell you my life story in order for you to explain how, Mm -hmm. how, you know, so that's the premise for the book. And so she's really kind of, you know, I did this and I did that. And on one hand, I think it's a really fast read because it's a very simple writing and it's very direct. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it is almost like we would talk to each other. But that's also in some ways, I think what detracted from it for me was it was almost too simplistic sometimes. Mm. But at times, like, especially when she was, like, describing conversations, it had this, like, rat-a-tat, like, back and forth. Like, I could almost hear, you know, like, those classic, like, 1940s movies when the, you know, they're kind of having that back and forth that's really, like, witty. Mm -hmm. Almost like Gilmore Girls, but, like, in the 1940s. -hmm. There was moments of that in this book. So that was fun. But then sometimes it just felt like, so it definitely went fast, but I felt like it just it could have used a layer of gloss. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how to describe that. Mm. So, but it's a fun story. Hmm. Hmm. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Did she, was this before? Or uh, I guess she probably, because her partner died. There is an, a lesbian relationship in there. Yeah. So she kind of mm-hmm. pulls into that. Yep. Um, um, the thing about Elizabeth Gilbert, which I think is similar to Lisa C, is that they do kind of, well, maybe not similar to Lisa C, because Lisa C does it in a different way, because Lisa C hasn't been around forever. But what I've noticed with Elizabeth Gilbert's writing is that she does follow what's going on in her life. Uh, so it kind of reflects her yeah. own life. Yeah, and I think that's uh-huh. because she started off with nonfiction. Yeah, yeah, and that I think makes that's sense. Hard to. Mm-hmm. I think there's even with fiction. I think there's pieces of authors in it that yeah. come out. I mean, so I mean, but it's so yeah. So it's kind of a fun, you know. Epic. I mean, I guess it starts when she's like eighteen, and it go and she's like in her like nineties or so when the book ends. So it covers a good part. Like you know, it doesn't do any of her childhood, but it pretty much covers her entire adult life. Interesting. Um, you know, and she kind of fast forwards at certain points. So, but so it really focuses on the forties, and then it kind of f- speeds up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, it was fun. I mean, I, I definitely I think. It's kind of, you know, one of those love letter to New York City's over time type of books. And 
um, if you like theater and that type of stuff. So lots of really good elements. So again, it's one of those books I feel really confident recommending to someone, but it didn't wow me. And I wonder if it was just because it was put up so high on a pedestal as far as one of the books of the summer. I mean, it's like the number two or number three top seller right now. So, I mean, people are buying it. Right. And it has a gorgeous cover. It might also be because people know her name. Yeah. You know, I think about Mm -hmm. the top seller list of like, well, of course this person's going to be number one because everybody loves this person regardless if the book is good. Yeah. So... Well, and the jaded person in me, I'm realizing... The other thing that I've realized, and maybe other people are like, duh, Corey. Um, you know, so we at the bookstore highlight the Indie Next bestseller list, which tracks pretty closely with the New York Times bestseller list, but not 100%. Um, and what I have kind of finally concluded is that, you know, the reason these books stay on these bestseller lists for months and years is because they're on a list. Right. Or they're on a display. Mm -hmm. So someone's like, give me in the New York Times bestseller. Right. So everyone's, instead of going out and looking for the little gems, like, you know, never look back or beholder, they're like, what's the top sellers? Right. So they perpetuate that top sellerness because they're getting all this press and love anyways. Right. Um, So... I don't know. I guess I've become a little disillusioned with bestseller lists because I'm like, because there's some stuff on this bestseller list that it kind of makes me scratch my head. Like the subtle art of not giving a fuck has been on there for like two years. And I'm, and I've heard it's a good book, but I'm like, is this really worthy of two years of bestsellerness? Yeah, it's because people Probably keep buying not. it. Yeah, yeah. And it's still there. And so, you know, you're like, okay, now becoming, Keep going, Michelle. Come on. Totally. Just keep selling. But so those are personal preferences, too. I will right. acknowledge that. But um, there's certainly some things on there. that, um, And you can also tell the books that really get a lot of press. And so they pop onto the bestseller yeah. for like a week and then they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, that didn't last very long. Right. Everyone bought it and then they were done. Yeah. So it's interesting. Okay. Well, oh, gosh. So we're at 40 minutes. Look at us. Getting it done. Yeah. What are you reading next? What am I reading next? Uh, what are you? Well, what are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? You know, Corey. What is it called? Oh, you're reading Gilded Wolves. <laughs> Thank Wo- you. Wolves. Yes. Wolves. I wolves. literally just started it as soon as... I mean, I haven't even finished the first page yet. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're so just starting Gilded it. Wolves by Roshani Chis... Chokshi. <laughs> you totally mangled that, I think. Chokshi. Chokshi. We're so sorry. Roshani Chokshi. Okay, we'll go with it. We'll R- s- so we'll see if we do... C-H-O-K-S-H-I. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Chokshi. Chokshi. Russian, maybe? I don't know. I don't know either. Well, we'll see if I hit the YA fantasy trifecta with you, I guess, yep, next. Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> what about you? Um. So I'm currently reading Force of Nature by Jane Harper, which is her second book after The Dry. Mm. Um. Really liking it so far. And I, uh, I'm also reading Ask Again Yes by Mary Beth Keen, which again, it came out in, I think, June. And it's one of those books that was on everyone's bookstagram feed. And, but a lot of booksellers and book people that I trust have been like, oh my God, this book's amazing. Hmm. It's pretty good so far. It's family drama, which is not always my sweet spot. Um, but it's interesting so far. So I, I'm, I'm keeping with it. I'm liking it. I'm kind of curious to see where it's headed 
And then I'm, I'm very slowly trying to inch my way into, <laughs> I like to watch <laughs> with, I know that's a really terrible title, but it's, uh, arguing my way through the TV revolution by Emily Nussbaum. Mm. And she's an essayist and she has written about, uh, TV pop culture for years. And so this is a compilation of her essays. And again, someone raved about it. And the very first one's about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which nice. I, of course I love. Yep. But woo, Nelly, is it dense? Like I tried to read it before I went to bed and it, it was. put you to sleep? It didn't put me to sleep, but it's just really, it's entertaining, but it's really like. There's a lot packed into her thoughts. Mm. So I haven't found the right time of day to read it yet where I'm like yeah. focused and energized. So, mm. so I'm kind of jumping around between those three. Nice. Yeah. All right. Sweet. And I'm going to see if I can push a couple other on Kiri when we're done here. Yep. And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Have a good one. Later. Hey, book friends. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for listening along with us. Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter. 